not just a belief of mine. It's a real knowing. Knowing that we can take what we love to do, whether it's baking, sewing, painting, whatever lights you up, then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do. As author of What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60, Discovering Your Core and Also Your Gift Is Your Niche, it has been my life's work to help others, just like you and me, to discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week I will have deep, rich conversations with real life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noldrain. Welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Hello, everyone. We're back with another episode of When Passion Meets Profit. And my guest today is Rosemary Price. You're going to love her. She's one of my favorite people on the planet. But she's going to be sharing how she lives an exuberant life, even when there's a pandemic going on. And that's not easy to do. Before we get to Rosemary, I I do have to share today that I get asked two questions, and I have for years. Here's the first one. How do I find my passion, purpose, and my calling, Patricia? Hey, that's the reason I'm doing this podcast, to be honest. That's the reason I put together the course, Your Gift is Your Niche. I want to help people with that because you can live a much more exuberant life if you know your purpose. And the second question, this one was a tough one. I bet I've been asked this for 30 years. Patricia, what is the secret to a long-lived marriage? Do you know how much that bothered me for years? Because I would literally say to people, I I don't have a secret. And all of a sudden I thought, you know, you've got to do something here to step this up and do something about this question. I did something a little bit better. I actually wrote a book. It's called The Chosen Few, 100 Tips for a Long-Lived Happy Marriage. I'm so proud of it because I interviewed all kinds of people that are in a long-lived marriage. Now, why did I think that it was necessary to finally do this? When I read this statistic, I thought, you better step up to the plate. 7% of us never get to 50 years of marriage because we either get sick and die or we get divorced. Isn't that something? That's just a crazy statistic on my end. But anyway, you just go to Amazon and get it if you're interested in in really the 100 tips for a long-lived marriage. What it is is a conversational book. It's not just about reading the 100 tips. It's about having a conversation around the tips. Okay, let's get on with our show. Rosemary Price, I'm so thrilled that you're here. And I love this first question, and I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. Rosemary, well, thank where, you. Were you, where were you raised and what were you like as a little girl? Well, I was raised, uh, I was born in 1950, and so the world was like brand new to everybody after the war. I was raised in a small East Texas town called Kilgore. It was situated on top of the largest oil field in Texas. It had been producing from 1932 all the way through the 60s. So life was really good in my small little town. 
I loved wearing dresses and that full net petticoat. Maybe you remember was three or four layers of stiff net and put it under your dress and it stuck straight out. And I mm-hmm. loved dancing in those dresses. So anyway, I was in that small Texas town. All the girls in my in my circle were destined to be well-educated and talented wives. Our duty was to take dance lessons and piano lessons to express themselves in a very delightful vocabulary and to seek out a husband in the oil business. (laughs) Hey, that was pretty cool. (laughs) What's great is that my grandmother and my mother had set me up for success to meet those obligations. So that was good. (laughs) But you know, that, that really was the way it was, wasn't it? I mean, it was not for me about the oil business, but you were absolutely groomed to meet a man and have children and settle down. And there was no other thought of, gee, maybe I'll be a pilot or maybe I'll go to the army myself. I mean, nothing like that. Did that ever even enter your mind? No, not at all. I have to say I struggled in the 80s with that movement of you had to be the superwoman of working and children and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as this little girl, do you think, you know, I, I love the title of everything you're doing, Rosemary, the exuberant life. Do you think you had an exuberant life when you were a little girl? Oh, absolutely, positively. It never occurred to me that I was in training. I was just loving everything I was doing. I enjoyed being, I enjoyed piano lessons. That probably, a lot of people my age probably said they dreaded it. I enjoyed going to dance class. And I mostly enjoyed recitals and things like that because I wanted someone to see how hard I had worked to accomplish certain certain things, whether the ability to play difficult piano pieces or actually to be in a group. And all of us were actually turning, pirouetting, leaping at the same time. Sometimes it's really hard for little girls to to not jump out there and be themselves. So I learned a lot about team playing, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I really love that because, you know, as you're telling me this, I have to say that that's even a rare quality, Rosemary, that you enjoyed all those moments, you know, piano. Oh, my. I I took piano lessons for eight years and I couldn't play a thing today. And no, I did not enjoy it ever. And so I, I really think that that's one of your gifts is that you were given this gift to really enjoy a moment. Do you think so? Oh, definitely. Uh, Many times throughout my life, I've discovered that I should have just been clicking my heels and saying, you had the power to go home all the time. And, uh, but I searched and searched and searched for what was my passion As a child, I would gather my friends in my neighborhood and I would produce shows. I had it all set up in my garage, my parents' garage, even with chairs for the audience to sit, which typically were people (laughs) that lived in my house or they were the the parents of everybody. So it was a very appreciative audience. We never got heckled. (laughs) But I loved helping my friends discover what was their talent and then encourage them to get out their ukulele and play a song. It was just such a safe space. I I grew up in a safe space. And as an adult, I discovered it's not so safe out there. Yeah. You know, Rosemary, it's funny. I've been asking people during interviews what their life was like as a little girl or a little boy. And 
I can't tell you how rare you are because they go back to not a beautiful, safe time in their life. I didn't know it would be such a loaded question. So I'm just thrilled that you're sharing that you had a safe childhood and a fun childhood. I love that you set up the whole audience <laughs> to watch you. I, I just love paying attention to what we were like as little children. So now t- take us on your career path. How how did that all unfold for you? Well, I discovered in high school that I really had a passion for earth science. I wanted to be a meteorologist. Mm-hmm. And though I had a lot of music background and I, I love the creativity of music, I am much more of a critical thinker, more of a numbers person. And I believe that that music really helped me with numbers, you know, counting and that kind of thing. But my brothers told me when I was in high school that blondes can only be weather girls. And I actually took them seriously. So I did not pursue that career. Instead, I I pursued music, which really did not serve me as an adult at all. I was was responsible for for earning a living for myself in high school. My dad caused me to get excited about working. And so I worked with him in his car dealership as an after-school and evening receptionist. And I learned to be a title clerk. So I I loved cars and I knew how to do titles and the notary thing. And as it turned out, I used notary quite a bit in my life. So that was something that I didn't have to have a lot of knowledge and skill for. I could be trained to do it. So it was a fallback for me. And my mother told me to be sure to learn to type because I would always have a job. I would think that that's probably advice that a lot of women in my age Mm -hmm. had received. Mm -hmm. And today I love typing. on the keyboard, but I'm not so good of, of texting. <laughs> the keyboard's not correct on the phone. <laughs> but I, I started working for an insurance company through my typing skills. And I love the idea of insurance. My dad wasn't really happy with insurance, but he thought that I would be better off working with him in car sales. Well, my friends always gave me a hard time about the typical used car salesman. So I didn't want anything to do with that. Over the years, though, I had really aspired in my insurance uh, career. And I did open my own agency in 1996 when I was living in Denver. It gave me a chance to be an independent broker. I did not actually sign up with a company like a Humana or United Healthcare direct agent with them. I just became assigned with them and I could sell their products. So I love being independent. And at that time in the 90s, long-term care insurance came on board as well as reverse mortgage. So I had a friend who was a reverse mortgage sales lady and she and I partnered up and she gave a wonderful presentation of reverse mortgage, how living in your own home for end of, till end of life was a possibility. And then I could speak about the long-term care insurance that would pay for all of that care so that you didn't have to rely upon your adult children or maybe go to an assisted living or to a community that you were not really eager to to go to. So we had quite a partnership with that. Over the years, the long-term care insurance kind of fell away. The companies that had it didn't really realize how how long people were living And some of those Mm -hmm. lifetime benefits were just going on and on forever. 
a lot of my clients are still living and still have that policy. So they're well taken care of and I'm very proud of it. With those experiences, I discovered my passion for older adults. I had such a relationship with my grandmother. She was very influential to me. And I discovered that I really did have a passion for making sure the quality of life of anyone that I guess you would say retired, 55 or older really, knew how to have quality of life no matter their financial circumstances. Between being married, having two children, now I have four grandchildren and a great grandson, and then I went through a divorce. I lived by myself for several years. I remarried, and then my husband passed away. So I've been almost every identity or label that a woman could have. All of those times caused me to fall back on my skills, whether it was just networking and meeting other people. I had to be on my toes about how to bring that person's gifts to the surface in the conversation, what it was all about them, not necessarily me. It would be my turn eventually. So with all of that, I, I have no problem speaking in front of groups. I have no trouble researching the items that I want to discuss. If someone asks me to speak on a topic I'm not familiar, I, I have confidence that I can do that. And that is what has served me with, I guess, the, the poise and the grace to just step into something that's different. I, I feel like I've, I've gone through a lot of sadness, tragedy, loss. I'm really loving this conversation, aren't you? But I want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper. We all attended school at some time. Maybe you're attending school right now, but inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, self-discovery. You know the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career, and also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step -step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? And I'd always say, Your Gift is Your Niche. So now I created a course called YourGiftIsYourNiche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E and in this very affordable, life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills. You know, the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I, I, don't, even, I don't think, I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey because it's a simple six-hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course. And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60? That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into an, what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait for you to get to know the most important person in your life that's you. So go to yourgiftisyourniche.com, N-I-C-H-E. And if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation. And 
I always had something to fall back on that gave me a big smile on my face. So what I mean by exuberance is that I want people to think about how do you feel about money? Do you think it's all about the money? Don't be afraid to say, yes, money is important to me. But also say, it's not about the money. It's about the lifestyle. I want to feel good about waking up every day and knowing that I have something interesting to do. Or even more than that, wake up with a smile on your face and say, no matter what comes my way today, I'm going to try it. I think that's where we're really kind of in a rut. We are fearful of trying something new because the consequences are unfamiliar. And right now, with people claiming that they, you know, they, they kind of shame you if you're, if you're not all masked up and, and sanitized, which all of us are, but if you're driving your car without your mask on and you get out of your car and you have to take a minute to get all equipped, I, I've seen people roll their eyes or I've seen people walk across the other side of the aisle in the parking lot. It's, you know, I'm not accustomed to that. And I think that is some of the unsure experiences that we are we're going through right now is we cannot rely on the reaction of other people. Before we knew if we said something or if we behaved a certain way, we kind of understood what the reaction from others would be. But in today's society, it almost seems such a negative thing. People seem to say negative things before they make a positive comment. Yeah, it is It is too bad what is happening right now. But <clears throat> one of the things when I listened to you, which I really loved hearing the pattern of your life that was unfolding, it sounds to me like you always wanted to be independent. It sounds to me like you've always wanted to have a very purposeful life. I, I loved how you talked about long-term care, Rosemary, and how important it was that you take care of people that were at 55 plus, you know, because there's 78 million of them now with baby boomers all turning 60, 65, you know. And I think it's a shame that now I, I didn't know that long-term care kind of went by the wayside. Can you even get long, long-term long care now? Uh, not as an actual policy. You can buy an annuity with a okay. rider for long-term care where that money could be diverted before it was mature without having penalty or tax. Well, I think this whole exuberant idea, as we're all aging and we all are going to live longer, like it or not, they're going to put new arms on us and new legs on us. And I just think that for you to step up and teach us how to have an exuberant life, even though you, maybe you're not that happy today, you get out of bed and you're not that happy. Give me an example of maybe what you would share with me on how I could make it an exuberant day if I'm just not really up to par today. Sure. Well, there has to be some memory that you've had that made us made you smile. Maybe it was a favorite location, a favorite book, a piece of music, perhaps a pet. But if you can recreate that for yourself, I love going to tea. And there aren't many tea rooms available here in Phoenix right now. So I get out my favorite, of course, my grandmother's china, and I set the table, and I brew tea, and I'm listening to some great music. It's a 15-minute recharge for me. Anybody can mm. do that. And if you mm -hmm. have children in your home, introduce the fantasy of a tea party. You know, even Alice in Wonderland had a tea party. So just some of those kind of 
Let's recreate something in our own environment where we are today. We used to make a tent out of furniture and blankets when I was a kid. And I, I find that my daughter-in-law is, I mean, my, excuse me, my granddaughter-in-law is actually doing the same thing for her, for my great-grandson. She's making tents out of furniture for him. And I never prompted her to do that. But I love the fact that she is trying to give him some new experiences. They call it camping and she provides some food mm-hmm. he has to go look for in the forest. And it's funny. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Now, those were really succinct, tangible things that you can do. And I love that you shared that because when you started down, I don't drink tea, but I absolutely would have a little tea party and set out the wonderful china. And it doesn't cost a thing to do that. And so I just love that, Rosemary. Thank you for sharing. And and I, I thank you for living this kind of an exuberant life your whole life, you know, twirling around when you were a little girl and loving to be on stage and, and loving to set up the audience. I mean, that's who you are. I've known this little girl for a very long time now, and you have always known and understood how to make things very special, always. And so well, when you were when you are now doing things, tell me what you're doing today with your exuberant life. Well, today I'm actually talking with people who feel like they're kind of down in the dumps. And so I spend about, you know, an hour or so with them, just asking them more and more questions, delving deeper and deeper about what were the desires that they always had? Why do they think that those desires aren't uh, available to them anymore? What is their take on abundance versus lack? Uh, People that have been living what they what they were perceiving an abundant life and, and telling me about how abundant it was, immediately pulled in and they're they're not abundant anymore. They have a mm-hmm. mindset of being lacked. And I'm not sure where that lackness uh, comes from, if it's just too much influence from the news or they, mm-hmm. you know, we had the hoarding at the grocery stores. That was a shocker. Never seen that before in my life. So people have been influenced by just some of the subtleties of what's going on in our life. So to be able, I don't journal, and I do now, but I never really journaled until just this, this year, 2021. I write down every day in my calendar one good thing that, I, that made me laugh. And it, it's, it's really helped to be able to fall back on that because I realize there's more where that came from. I've always feel, even in business, when things are a rough time financially, there's always more where that came from. The resilience that we have lost, the ability to have resilience is a very sad thing. The mental health thing that we don't know how to help our children through certain uh, crises, but we know how to learn. You've got every imaginable resource at your fingertips. You can, you can learn a new language. You can, you can learn a new dance step. You can have your children laugh out loud with a website full of jokes that are appropriate, age appropriate. There's... There's just a lot that you can do that you never did before. I want everyone right this minute to just stand up and twirl around. And after you regain your balance and take a deep breath, wasn't that just the weirdest feeling? Is there any reason why you can't just do that any time of day? 
There's just um, that is so good. And I would do that in a minute, but I have this headset on. But as soon as I'm off, I'm twirling because I want to have that feeling of freedom. And you're absolutely right. We let go of those things. And I don't know why. Yesterday, I danced to some song that came on. And I thought to myself, when was the last time you danced? It's been a long time. Rosemary, I cannot thank you enough. You could not be here at a more perfect time in our history of the world, helping people get the joy back into their life again. I don't even have to ask you for a tangible tool. I usually end with a tangible tool. But when you just gave me that whole picture of what your daughter-in-law is doing, it, was that who is that a daughter-in-law that you said? It's my granddaughter-in-law granddaughter-in-law that she's doing this tent and they're out camping and she's having them go out to the farm. I mean, that is brilliant. That's tangible. When you talked about setting up the tea and brewing the tea and listening to some lovely music, that's a tangible tool on how to add joy to your life. Now it might not be that for everybody listening. It might be a whole different thing, but all you're saying is come on, do something Rate, Take your level to a different place now, you know, I'm just thrilled with this. How can people get in touch with you, Rosemary? Well, I have a, a simple email address. It's rosemary, R-O-S-E-M-A-R-Y, price, like how much is it, P-R-I-C-E, the number zero, at gmail.com. Rosemary price zero at gmail.com. Yeah, that's great. Because I know there's somebody listening that that knows they want to be happy again. They want to be joyful again, and they need a coach maybe to help them through that. So, so good for you. I will repeat that in just a minute. I wanted to share, however, the golden nuggets that I got from you today, Rosemary. If you want to add at the end, you certainly can, but I got 11 golden nuggets from your little voice today, and here they are. Number one, enjoy, in, so sorry, <laughs> enjoy the moment we have been given. I loved what you did as a little girl. You enjoyed every single thing you were doing, and you still do that as an adult. Number two, show people your accomplishments. Share your accomplishments. And I, I loved that when you said, I really did want people to see how hard I worked. And so I performed for them to show them how hard I worked. That was, that was great. Number three, <laughs> pay attention to what you did as a child, because everything you were talking about today, Rosemary, is who you are. It's just that some, some of us lose that and we don't remember what we were like as children. Number four, don't believe what others think you should be. Just like your brother saying a, a blonde little girl cannot do what you're asking to be done. And so you just gave it up because you believed him. Number five, pay attention to your patterns. I really heard a lot of patterns as you were talking from wanting to be independent and be out on your own and taking care of people, really having a purpose in your life. That, that's very apparent for you. Number six, maybe you should list your skills today, you know, because Rosemary said she kept going back to her skill set. And so maybe we all need to make a whole list. I bet we have 30 skills that, that we have never even thought about having. For instance, for me, I, I was exactly like you, Rosemary. I was told that I needed to learn how to type and to type really fast. And so I did. <laughs> but, I, you know, I use it on the computer, but I really don't use that skill that much. But just start listing them. Number seven, design an exuberant lifestyle, whatever that means to each of you. Just think about it today to start designing. Rosemary has given us so many ideas. 
Number eight, write down the memories that made you happy. I loved that one, Rosemary, because I've never thought to do that. And and then you just kind of tag back into that or plug back into that memory. And I am going to do that, by the way, today. Number nine, recharging yourself doesn't take money. It does take creativity, though. I heard all that creativity flowing with you. Number 10, recreate wonderful memories, just like the camping thing, like the teepee thing, like the tea party. And number 11, and I love this one. I'm going to do this also. I love that you write down every day one thing that made you laugh today. That's a, that's a really good one. Do you think I nailed them or do you have more to add to that? Oh my gosh. I was just speaking from my heart and experience. I had no idea that it was, it, it touched you so much. And I sure yes. appreciate you enumerating it because it makes me feel even more like I'm on the right track. of what Oh, I want. you are. You are. You have a mission to perform. You have a purpose. You know, just like I opened with, I knew that I had an obligation and a responsibility to share why my marriage has lasted so long and why I'm still happily married to the same person. And I knew I had to share it, but I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. So that's why I had to start interviewing other people. And then we came up with these hundred tips. That's exactly where you are, Rosemary, in your life right now. It's your obligation and your responsibility to help us get exuberant about our lifestyles again. (laughs) Well, I'd like to just offer one thing that everybody can do, no matter where they are or when when they have time to even think about it, is just suck, suck out all of the juiciness of the moment. When you're on your routine path, driving or walking, Open your eyes, look at the sky, look at the ground, look at five yards away, look at 15 yards away. Just take a mental photo of what is that and just suck up the preciousness of the, the smell, the texture, the, the emotion that you're feeling. And I have to say, I have a good cry almost every day. It's an emotional thing that comes from a piece of music. Maybe I read something that just really struck my heart. It could be a memory of someone in my life that's passed away and I'm feeling uh, sad because they're gone. But (laughs) you know what? Crying is very healing. So never, ever be ashamed of it. Rosemary Price, you're a gift today. And I thank you for sharing your gift with all of us, myself and all of the listeners. Thank you. Until we meet again, everybody, it's Patricia Noldrain. And thank you, Rosemary Price. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Hey, if you got something out of this, maybe you'd consider sharing it with someone else that you care about. I want to leave you with a secret to success in life and business. Aha, here it is. If you can share a solution to a problem someone is having, that is true success. Now, maybe these examples might help you. I discovered two major problems that I help solve. I really didn't realize how major they were until I realized no one is teaching this stuff. The first one, of course, goes right back to this podcast. What's my calling? What's my purpose? And that's why I created the digital downloadable course, yourgiftisyourniche.com. I already mentioned it er earlier in the episode. But finally, I came up with another problem that I can solve, and it's how to live a happy, long-lived, lasting marriage. Now, I created a book called The Chosen Few, 
and I share a hundred tips that myself and others, other long-lived couples I might say, put together so that you can have a conversation, especially if you're a committed couple. Now, what is the problem you solve? Think about it because you might really have something to share with somebody that will change their life forever. We also have a Facebook group. It's free. I'd like you to come on to it because it goes beyond the podcast. It's called When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.